0: talking about what the Word of God says about Jesus Christ, that God was in Christ, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Him, and this is the knowledge that God wants us to have so that we could see that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself so that man could be once again reunited with God if He chose. Uh, God's already chosen for man to be united with him, but man now has to choose to respond to that invitation. And God actually wants that. So this is the reason that he has shown us this in the word of God. This is the reason that Christ came to the earth. This is the reason that the Holy Spirit was sent, so that man could be reborn and have a new beginning in Christ. And Christ is the head of all things. And we found out he's in the church. So he's in the church, which is every believer who believes that Jesus is Lord, believes God is raised him from the dead, has confessed that, is a part of God's church. And Jesus is the head of that church. So let's continue looking at this knowledge that God wants us to have of Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 22, it reads, Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. This is something that, notice, he hath done. He hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. This is Jesus' kingdom, his God's Son's kingdom, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now, we see that Jesus is the inv- is the image of the invisible God. He's the image of someone who is invisible, and he resembles him. So how? Well, in word, in character, in deed. Now, how do we know this? How do we know that Jesus is pretty much what God looks like in action. And we're not talking about physical characteristics. Remember, God's a spirit. That's what John 4 and 24 says. St. John 4 and 24, that God is a spirit. Those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So we're talking about that in word, Jesus and in deed and how He acted and what He did is the image of what God is and who God is. Now if we look at John chapter 1, verse 14. And actually, before this, let's again be reminded of what he said in John chapter 14. Now he said, Thomas uh, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And now you have known him and have seen him. Philip said, show us the Father, and it suffices us. So, He's saying that'll be sufficient. Now, Jesus already said, no man comes to the Father but by me. And if you have known him, you should know the Father also. So they should already recognize that God is the one who's working in Christ, that Jesus looks like God. But they're looking at him physically. Like, "Is I'm, I want you to show me a physical being that's God. Jesus is saying, no, you're looking at God. So they're thinking... I want to see a picture of God, something I can actually look at with my physical eyes. Remember, God is a spirit. He is invisible to the physical eye. Now, he says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, have I been so long time with you? And yet have you not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Now, here's how he shows that the Father is in him. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. So he's saying, not that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because they're just still looking at him like, okay, so God looks like a man who's this tall and weighs this much. Be saying, no, the words that I speak to you, that's of the Father. If you've seen me, if you've heard me, you've seen the Father. He said, I speak not the words of myself, But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So he's saying his words are works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. So now going back to Colossians, we're looking at someone who is invisible by looking at Jesus. So the Word of God says in John chapter 1 verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. So the Word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. The Word became flesh, but God changes not. So how does that happen? The Word of God says that God changes not. But then it says the Word was made flesh. So how can we have some type of it seems like that's a change. So it seems like that's the way where the Word of God contradicts itself. Well, if we look at The way an idea becomes a book. Or a story becomes a headline. Now the story didn't change at all. These events happen. It's just being expressed in a different way. So nothing changed in this. This is not like a book that was changed to fit the big screen. Uh, The word of God became flesh dwelt among us here on earth. The same way that if you have events that happen. And then you have someone retell this exact same event. So now it's in written form or it's in spoken form, but it's the exact same event. The event didn't change. If Timmy went to the store and bought milk, then if you write that down, that story now has become in print. It's not just something that happened physically, it's now become in print. So the word became flesh is that same thing. The word became flesh. Now, we don't understand everything and exactly all of how that works. We just know that it's true, and we know the Word of God says that it's true. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. The love of God is in Christ Jesus. God expressed his love towards us. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, God so loved the world he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So he so loved that he gave his Son. So it said, No one will be able to separate us from this love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now going back to Colossians, Chapter 1, we'll pick up at verse 16. So that's how Jesus became flesh. That's how we get to see God acting in Jesus. Word of God says in Acts 10.38, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So he healed all those who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is not of God. It says clearly in that verse that sickness is of the devil. That every sickness that Jesus healed, it came from the devil. None of that came from God. And remember, God was doing the works. So if God's causing the sickness, how's he doing the works to get rid of the sickness? Wouldn't that be against himself? Wouldn't that be contradictory? So we know that the works are uh, oppression of the devil, is demonic oppression. But Jesus was anointed by God to get rid of it. So, verse 16, Colossians 1 For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. So things invisible were created also. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Talking about Christ. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. You may be wondering, well, that sounds very epic, but how do I fit into all of this? Well, let's keep reading. So first of all, let's let's recap. He's before all things. By him, all things consist. The planets, the earth, everything invisible, the thrones and dominions of those things that are visible and invisible, everything in heaven, everything in earth, all powers. And it says that he made peace through the blood of his cross. When he went to the cross and died, rose again, he reconciled all things to himself. So whether things in earth or in heaven... Everything was cleansed through the blood of his cross. Now again, you may be wondering, how do I fit in all this? Well, let's keep reading. It says verse 21, In you, praise God, so he didn't leave us out, save the best for last, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Did you know you've been reconciled? You've been made, your payment's been paid up, Whatever you owe, God's been paid up already by Christ. It says, In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy, did you know you can be presented holy, and unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. That means nobody can bring up a judgment against you if you are in Christ. This is for you. Now, this is for every listener. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. So let's say you already made a decision for Christ. Well, it has further instruction for you. It's good news to know that you can you are to be presented holy and unblamable and unreprovable, but what if you messed up since then? It says if you continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I Paul am made a minister. Now we talked about last time about how people can fall away, believers can fall. And they can move away. It says here, you be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. You can lose your hope in the gospel. You cannot have it set before your eyes. You cannot be rooted in it. Just like a tree, if it doesn't have roots in the ground, well, it's a table. It can tip over easily. be moved anywhere uh, by the smallest amount of pressure. If you don't put roots in the ground by staying in the Word, staying in your faith in the Word, faith helps you stay grounded and settled continue in the faith grounded and settled be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and you're hearing it now and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven where have i paul and made a minister now some of you may have moved away from the faith the lord is saying return hallelujah return look at second chronicles chapter 30 verse 9 says, for if you turn again to the Lord, that means you turn to him once and now you are away. He said, if you turn again, so this is at least two times here, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that led them captive. So he said, even the people who are against you now will have compassion on you. They may not know why, but they'll turn in their heart and in their direction towards you so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful. The Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if, if you return unto him. So that's not automatic. It's not the Lord God your God is gracious and merciful. He will not turn away his face from you automatically no. it doesn't say automatically it says if you return to him so sometimes we're away from god and we're saying god why is this happening and you're turned away from him you're like i'm not gonna change anything i'm doing you know if god loved me so much he would just make it happen well no he's not gonna force you to do anything would that be love would that be kind if he came and just strong-armed you and made you follow him what reward is there in that i mean what, what what benefit would you get out of him making you do something, well, you wouldn't get too much of anything, because he did all the work. Now, he has done a lot of work to make it possible for you to turn, but you have to actually accept that and receive it. Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7 says, And I will give them a heart to know me, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. So, with your whole heart. Not half-heartedly, not kind of, with your whole heart. So, if you want to come back to God, or if you want to receive God for the first time, make sure that heaven is your home, then pray this prayer. God of heaven, I come unto you today to give you my life. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. I repent of sin, I'm sorry Lord, forgive me. I accept your forgiveness, thank you Father God for hearing this prayer, and for answering this prayer, and for saving me now, amen. So it's as simple as that. That's based on a number of different verses, Romans 10, 8-10, also verse 13, you can see how these things apply to eternal life and salvation John 3:16 and John chapter 1 verse 12 and also as you spend time in the word know that according to 1 John 5 verse 13 it reads that These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Why waste time writing to people who don't believe? They're not going to believe what you're saying anyway. So He's writing to those who believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. These things are being written by John the Apostle, who saw Jesus' death, saw Jesus' resurrection, did not believe at first, because of course somebody rising from the dead after being beaten to where they are unrecognizable and crucified. And it's very clear that they are dead uh, by many witnesses. Then they're alive and walking around within three days looking like nothing ever happened. That's going to, of course, take you out of your comfort zone of your mind, if you're relying on the mind a lot, or your physical senses. But, praise God, after Jesus spoke with his disciples, then they did start to believe. They did believe because they were spoken to about his resurrection many times. Of course... It was still something that seemed far-fetched. Peter denied that it would happen. He said, Not so, Lord. You you shall not die. But Jesus said that his dying was of God, and that anything that was trying to stop that from happening was of the flesh and of the devil. So, we can sometimes not know that we are in unbelief, but these things were written that we may know that we have eternal life. So, in Christ, in Christ, And in him we have hope now that we can live and that we can breathe and have our being. One more verse of scripture. Mark chapter 16, verse 9 says, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he got up on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Praise God. So again, you can turn to God. Even after having seven devils in, you cast out, and God will still receive you. Now, he first appeared to her, and which means she had a great change after that. And she went and told them that had been with him, so his disciples, as they mourned and wept. So they don't know that he's alive. They expect, They don't expect him to live again either, or else they'd be at the tomb or somewhere rejoicing. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. They've been following him for years, they've seen him do supernatural things, but they seen him do it. But how's he going to raise himself from the dead, right? But the Bible says, the word of God says that God resurrected Jesus. Now, it says verse 12, after that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. They went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them, so they didn't believe Mary Magdalene, they didn't believe two other witnesses. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. These are the eleven disciples remaining after Judas Iscariot has turned rebel. And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Abrade means to defame and rail and chide and taunt, to cast in the teeth of reproach, so revile. So he's pretty much, uh, you could say, chastising them. abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So not because they didn't believe what he said about it, but the witnesses who did see, they didn't believe them. So, these individuals all they have is their word that, hey, we seen Jesus again. They don't want to believe that for some reason. They don't want to believe that Jesus rose again, even though there's three witnesses that came. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe? And he that believeth not shall be damned. So believe and be ba- and baptized, which is a public uh, announcement that you were buried and risen with Christ, symbolically. And these things shall follow them that, or spiritually I should say, these things shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall, shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. Seems like there's a transition of power, because that's what Jesus did. They shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So they just go on narrating like he walked into a room and he talked to them. He told them what they were supposed to do. Then he went to heaven. And this is all narrated with the same tone because there's that much truth in it. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following, amen. gifts unto men, has been brought to you by the Lord Jesus Christ.